Our battered suitcases were piled on the sidewalk again. We had longer ways to go, but no matter. The road is life. Jack Kerouac on the road. We all carry suitcases filled with the flotsam and jetsam of our experiences. These satchels are that which is us. And we open them and share them in order to connect. Every road is an adventure. Every path a journey. Most are mundane and normal. Some are quite peculiar. I'm Don Hall, and these are my peculiar journeys. Hey, welcome to episode number 80 of Peculiar Journeys. This is Don. Um, well, I'll tell you what, it's been crazy. Uh, as we knew it was going to happen, uh, we had spikes, spikes in the coronavirus all across the country. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, 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 as I've said, and I believe, there is no returning back to what we thought was normal this is all new normal and uh, the new normal we're going to go through some really fucking nasty times um this is going to be some growing pains and we got to we just have to endure them um some of them are going to be ridiculous uh you know and some of them are going to be normal we just found out uh, the governor of Nevada governor Sisolak uh just announced a few days ago that all Nevadans, everybody in Nevada, um, if they are in a public, sp- pay, public space of any kind, are now required, it's mandatory, that they wear face masks. And uh, they got to wear them. I actually think that's a very good thing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little isolating for some people. Um, and uh, that's just how it's got to be. We got a directive from my general manager at the casino that we are going to be enforcing that, and that if they refuse, if a, if a guest refuses to wear a face mask, then we have to ask them to leave. If they say they have a medical condition and cannot wear a face mask, we ask them to leave, come back with like a face shield or something, or they cannot come onto the property. Local authorities are taking this very seriously. I don't blame them. And the thing about it is what I what I think is interesting, and it's a, it's a very smart way to play it. Instead of placing the onus on individuals to wear the masks, and then you know if they're not wearing masks in public, then they get fined or something like that. They're not at this point. He's not doing that. What it is is the businesses. Uh, businesses will take the hit. And if uh, there are people in their businesses that are allowed to not wear face masks, then the business will lose their license. It's, it's just that simple. So we're taking it pretty seriously. I, like I said, I actually think it's a good thing. It was funny. On the floor, I was talking to uh, a couple of my guests, uh, uh, husband and wife, Alonzo and Siggy, and they were uh, – Alonzo looks at me and he says, you know, yes, I've been thinking we don't wear face masks, but uh, – but you do. And he said, How does that go? How's that going for you? I said, I'll be honest with you, I'm used to it by now. Um, in fact, when I go in someplace and I'm not wearing the mask, I feel a little naked. So I'm a little, it's like, Oh, okay, I got to get a mask on. And so that's how fast it becomes normal. Um, at least it was for me. And I said, You know, I said, This is the thing. Um, I, I talked to a lot of people that think this is all a hoax. And the simple question that I'm trying to ask in those situations is, What if you're wrong? You know, and then, and then I, I had one discussion. What if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong and this is all overblown? What if I'm wrong and this is actually something concocted by the Democrats to ruin the economy so Trump loses? What if, what if I'm wrong? Well, wearing a mask harms no one. 
it inconveniences me. But if I'm wrong, then the worst thing that happens is that I just wear a mask for a while. What if you're wrong? What if you're wrong? It is actually a real pandemic and it is actually going to kill lots of people and people are dying from it and that a mask could actually help. What if you're wrong? And so that's what I told Alonzo. And he, and he was like, well, maybe we should get masks. He says, where did you get your mask? I want one like yours. And I said, I'll tell you what. I said, order mine on Amazon. I'll order you a couple of masks, both of you masks. I said, I'll pay for them. It's my pleasure. Um, I said, but, and he goes, no, I'll pay you for them. I said, no, no, I'm going to pay for them. And that way you have absolutely no excuse when I see you in this casino, not to be wearing it. I said, I can bust your ass if I bought it. And he laughed. Now, this is funny because I already bought the, the mask. They're coming in the mail next week. But now he, they have to wear the masks. It's, it's required. And that's, uh, that's, I think that's, uh, you know, there's some fun ironing. You know, I'm out 20 bucks. Big deal. Uh, I got the masks. I think they'll be happy with them. They're nicer than the paper surgical masks that we pass out. So that's cool. Um, we also have some changes in our culture right now. Cancel culture has taken on a revolutionary tone where if you know anything about revolutions in the past, they are mindless. They are constantly seeking for uh, blood. That's what revolutionaries feel like. That's how it's like a brush fire with no end and it's indiscriminate. And we're seeing all across everywhere, all across America and, and the globe, but mostly in America, this cancel culture that is literally, I mean, some people make the joke. It's just, it's just, you know, consequences to your actions. Well, you know, some of the actions are certainly egregious enough to have consequences for it. But uh, when, you know, when a, a professor of ethics is reading Martin Luther King's uh, notes from a Birmingham jail as a part of his class and is told that he cannot read that because he is a white man and is thus fired, this seems a little ridiculous. Um, Chicago right now is like, it's, it's like days of reckoning and revenge. I mean, we've heard about second city and Andrew Alexander basically pulling himself out of the mix cause he didn't want to deal with it. Sharna Halpern, uh, pretty much canceled, uh, IO, uh, improv Olympic is gone now because, uh, she was confronted with, uh, demands that, uh, she basically decentralized and let black people take over the space. And she said, fine, I'm just going to close the space down. Max Temkin from cards against humanity has had his, uh, rape allegation from about five or six years ago resurface as on top of a number of, uh, black and queer writers that worked at cards against humanity, leveling charges of racism and harassment at him. So he's out. Um, it's just, it's just, I mean, it, you know, I don't know if this is a good thing, if it's a bad thing, it is a thing, however you want to call it. Um, I, I personally think it's just dis not distasteful. I think it's dangerous. I think it's kind of a horrible thing. We've got, you know, statues being canceled. It's, it, it's just, it's a huge sea change in the United States and it's going to be painful for a while. I really, I have to say, I saw Ken Burns, documentary maker Ken Burns on the Don Lemon show. And he said something I thought was actually quite wise. Uh, he was speaking specifically about the, uh, the removal of Confederate monuments. 
And his comment was, this is a big change and there are going to be people that are going to go too far. There is going to be overcorrection. There are going to be strident things said and, 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 and memes and, and polemics. And that has to be expected because most of the intent is, and quite frankly, the impact is going to be for the greater good. And that is his point. And I, I, I actually thought about that a while because I thought, yeah, there, there, that's that's if you're going to make massive sea change in a culture, um, for good or ill. I mean, that's the thing is, it, it, this could go completely wrong. I have no idea, but just because it's different doesn't mean that it is bad um, any more than it means that it's good. It is a different and new reality that we are all going to have to kind of follow and figure out how to deal with. Um, I know for myself, uh, the critical race theory nonsense of that all whites are automatically racist. I'm just not down for that. I think that is, uh, almost religious dogma. It's cult-like think, but, uh, as far as I know, nobody's coming after me cause I don't actually have any power or influence of any kind. So like I wrote in one of my, I believes this week, uh, Hey, you can take my privilege. I'll even put it in one of those Amazon gift bags and you can have it because my privilege has no power to it. So, you know, we're just going through a massive, massive sea change in America. And uh, I don't think that's bad. I mean, I think the coronavirus is bad. We're going to have to learn to live with that. I think that the culture changes uh, both in the Me Too, which has kind of taken a backseat to Black Lives Matter at this point and Black Lives Matter. Um, is they're, they're very significant and they should be. And let's see how this plays out. I do think there's going to be collateral damage. And I hate the use of that phrase because that basically means in it's innocent people will be bombed is really what it means. That's what collateral damage means. So I think that's kind of a, uh, a, a really unfortunate situation. And, uh, and I don't see too many people trying to mitigate that because the mob is the mob and they are going to, uh, go after whomever, they have decided is is the most egregious next. I will say I think it's interesting that uh, uh, depending on who it is, if you were in blackface or if you said something uh, off color, if you made racist jokes, but you are on the left, you're not held to the same standard. And I think that's uh, not surprising at all. But uh, certainly, you know, it's like like I said, you know, it's like racism is pretty much one-sided but uh hypocrisy and double standards are universal that's how that works but anyway this week uh i i noticed that the scammers are coming back um and there's a lot of scamming going a lot of flim flam happening and in vegas that's kind of what we're used to and so i thought i'd give you a couple of instances this week of some of my experiences with the flim flam artists of las vegas with every potential crisis or societal upheaval, there will always be those happy few who see each one as an opportunity to fleece the rest of us rubes. I remember in late 1999, the hucksters promising software to prevent Y2K from ending the computing world. For a fee, of course. I recall a snake oil type selling pieces of the Twin Towers days after 9-11, as well as loads of tiny American flags. This isn't anything new. There will always be the shysters using tragedy or spectacle to make a buck, to scam those who have enough to be easily fooled. Scams are as American as baseball, apple pie, and structural racism. The pandemic 
has its unique set of grifters selling poorly made face masks, faulty COVID tests, and even our glorious commander-in-chief trying to pump up some of his stock by touting malaria medication as the cure-all. Now in Vegas, we're a little more used to the swindle, given Vegas is built upon its own very own set of flim-flam designed to distract you with booze, neon, and tits, so you lose the mortgage on your house chasing a hand pay. Attached to the casino is a Days Inn hotel. It's not high-end, but it's clean. After two and a half months of deep cleaning, painting, and regular fumigation, it's really clean. When I get called to the room to handle a guest opportunity casino code for a problem to be solved involving tact, and the guest in question stands in his doorway complaining that his room has bed bugs, the whiff of bullshit wafts into the desert air. This door can't be locked from the inside. This is unacceptable. And I laid down to take a nap and there are bed bugs. I used to be a health inspector, so I know bed bugs when I see them. Look at this door lock. It can't be locked. You see, I can't believe this. It's terrible to come to a hotel and not be able to lock the door and also lay down for a nap and get bitten by bed bugs. Now, the hotel is only at 30% capacity due to COVID restrictions, so I know we have plenty of empty rooms. I listen. I give him no reaction, easy with a mask on. He's very upset. I ascertain that he has paid with reward points, so a partial refund isn't going to work. Let's move you to another room, I say. We have rooms that have been deep cleaned and fumigated and have been sealed since, so we'll move you to one of those. Sound all right to you? Can I get a suite? There we go. Let me check if one is available. I'll be right back. A suite is available. My gut tells me that now, having been given a taste, he's going to see how far he can push it. And I'm right. It's a suite, right? And I'm not being charged for it, right? I'm staying for three nights. I won't have to pay for them now, right? Correct? I mean, this is this is horrible to have bed bugs. I'd hate to put this kind of thing on social media. I'll tell you what. For right now, let's move you to the suite. I'll have Ecolab come out this afternoon and go over the room. If they find bed bugs, I'll be more than happy to comp your entire stay. If... However, they do not find any trace of bed bugs. We'll charge you for the upgrade today as well as the remainder of your stay at the same at the suite rate. Does that sound fair? He starts to protest and I hold up my hand as I speed dial Ecolab. Hey, we have a complaint of bed bugs in room 601. Can you send somebody over today to do a sweep? Yes. Now, just looking for confirmation of infestation. If there's no infestation, the guest was mistaken and that will influence further charges. Thanks. The next day, I find out he has used his story to get a free meal and ask for another free night because his remote control isn't working in the suite. Ecolab had come and gone, leaving me a detailed notification. Results? No bed bugs. As promised, he is charged for the full deal. I even charged him for the meal. Now, see, the game is actually very simple. First, have in mind your end game. What is it that you want out of your ruse? Two, over-dramatize the injury. Warm up with small inconveniences and then bring out the true injury. The more aggrieved you are, the more visible pain you can demonstrate, the better. Three, push out beads of victim sweat and threaten to expose your victimization to other potential customers. And four, when the rube is ripe, go for the ask. Hey! Hey! Manager! Hey! And she snaps her fingers at me. And I'm used to this at point, so I don't get ruffled. I hit the aces with a side bet and it did not pay me. This is a ripoff or broken machine or something. Modern slot machines are all computer-based, so I pop my key in, turn it to diagnostics, and look at the last game played. There are no aces. Hmm. Doesn't look like there are any aces on that last play. Well, I played them. Who are you going to believe? The customer or the machine? This is fucking crazy. 
I moved the cursor over and checked the last five games. Still no aces. You calling me a liar? This machine is racist. And she pulls out her phone, points it at me, and starts recording. You're going to be on YouTube. This manager called me a liar because I had aces and it won't pay me. He said there wasn't no aces, but that's some fucking shit. I don't respond. I learned a long time ago that fighting back or defending yourself in this scene is the absolute worst thing to do. I gesture to the screen. If you'd like to film the last five games, I'm glad to run them for you for YouTube. She steps in. Don't get my personal space. This manager's getting up on me, and I'm not having it. Back up off of me, motherfucker. By now, her commotion is so loud, two security guards begin to approach. I wave them off. The presence of security officers is only going to escalate this. What's your name? Why won't you tell me your name? I'm here wearing a name tag. I point at it. I say, my name is Don, Don Hall. Why are you so racist, Don Hall? I simply stand there. The less I react, the better. She holds court, narrating her video about the racist manager and his cheating machine for about a minute. The camera's fixed on me the entire time. Like Ingrid Bergman at the end of Captain's Courageous, I show no emotion, no defense. No explanations, nothing. It's really dull YouTube fare, I figure. I've watched enough public freakout viral videos to know Juicy TV from Dead Stick. Finally, are you going to give me my money? No, ma'am. Can I get some drinks or something? No, ma'am. I'm never coming back here, you racist. I'm sorry to hear that. Have a fine day. And I begin to walk toward the exit, gesturing her in that direction. What, you kicking me out? No, ma'am. I'm indicating to you where the exit is. If you continue to yell in the casino, I'll ask you to leave. Should you refuse, our security will escort you off the property. Now you can choose to keep yelling and will no longer be allowed to stay. Or you can chill out and try to win some money. The choice is entirely yours. This is some bullshit. She puts the phone away. She walks to the ATM and gets some cash. She sits down at a Buffalo slot machine and pumps in $20. I send over a cocktail waitress and comp her a drink. I figured $20 in play in the entertainment was worth a free cocktail. Now, while annoying because one would love to trust the fellow man, I still have to kind of admire the chicanery involved and the imagination employed to truly spin that tale of nonsense in order to get something for free. I can't blame someone for using the current fears of the day to finagle a few bucks. I could be wrong, but I imagine in 1918 there were entrepreneurs selling cures for Spanish flu in glass bottles, and the bunk of the bunkers during the Cold War was a racket to behold. Without the eager willingness to be taken in by so many, these masters of the grift would have nothing, so the relationship is consensual on some plane. It's easier now than in, say, old Vegas. In, in the Vegas before corporations, the hoodwink exposed was typically met with a shallow grave in the Mojave or at least a severe beating. Vegas 2020 requires more that one be aware and have more refined a bullshit detector. A call on the radio. There's a problem in the restaurant. Sitting by himself, looking like the kind of guy who's been living in the desert alone and jobless for far longer than the COVID shutdown, is the meanderer. He has come in, ordered food, eaten the food, and now is giving the waitress apparently everything from a wine club card to a random hotel key for payment. Apparently her insistence that these are not cars with which he can pay for his chow does not sit well with him. As I approach, he's pressing a chunk of white crystal against an old CD and doing his level best at an incantation. Excuse me, sir. Um, are you able to pay your bill today? Never looking up from the crystal CD thing. Yeah, of course. This is a fucking diamond. 
Sir, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's no diamond. Bull fucking shit! It's a diamond! Okay, fine. Restaurant doesn't take diamonds in exchange for food. You need cash money for that. He gets up and his smell hits me in the face despite my mask. He gathers up things in a backpack. He slowly does a serpentine to the cashier. He takes another random non-credit card, starts swiping it through the boarding pass computer, which is used for our, our casino players to redeem points for meals. How many fucking times do I have to pay for this? He exclaims, pointing at non-existent receipts. There's a receipt. There's a receipt. There's a re My security officer takes his picture and informs him he is no longer welcome at any of the wildfire properties, and should he attempt to come in, he will be arrested for trespass. He laughs. Great! At least I got something to eat. And he walks out the door, yells that he wants to bitch slap me, and keeps moving with an obvious strut in his step. Fucking freeloaders, mutters the security officer. Yeah. On the other hand, he managed to scam a free meal. In a society, regardless of which ism is at play, capitalism, socialism, communism, there's always going to be have-nots. There will always be that chunk of society that simply cannot make things work out in their favor. I have a grudging appreciation for those who, when the world refuses to give them a break, get creative and risky in ways that may seem skeevy, but still garner them a place in the system. The more successful con artists in America are wearing suits and live in huge homes. They scam in ways that are no different from lying about bedbugs, crying racism when power or money is desired, or consuming things without payment. The difference is scale and who is harmed by the fraud. I only admire those large scale hucksters when they make movies about them, and mostly when they're fictional. And that is episode 80. Um, I hope you enjoyed the stories. Um, if you uh, if you want to come to Vegas, uh, come on out. Make sure you wear a mask because we're all wearing masks now. It's safer, I think. Um, but uh, I wouldn't get on a plane. So I don't know how you're going to get here unless you're like in L.A. and you can just hop in a car and swing on by. Um, but thank you for listening to Peculiar Journeys. I hope you're enjoying my stories. I hope you're enjoying your uh the slow opening of the economy, uh, the, the continued presence of COVID and kind of getting used to the new way of things. Have a great week. This has been another episode of the Peculiar Journeys podcast. For archived episodes, go to donhall.vegas podcast to hear stories of Chicago, of Millennium Park, and of the big move to Las Vegas. If you dig the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and review the show. If you really dig the podcast, why not go to patreon.com slash peculiarjourneys and help fund the endeavor. Whatever you decide to do, thank you for listening, and I hope you come back for more of my peculiar journeys.